Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Do We Love It podcast. This is your host, Dr. Waterwood Lemon, recording live from the Gen A studios. Uh, off to a tough start uh, this morning. Could not get any jams on the radio. Waited for a while. A lot of commercials. A lot of talky, talky, talk. Um, radio kind of sucks. Um, pains me to say, I'm, I was on team radio for a long time. They're losing me. I can't, I can't, I I went through 12 stations on my presets and I couldn't find an opening song over the course of 10 minutes. Like that's a big old, come on, man. Um, and it was a little frustrating because I felt like I was being held hostage by the radio. See, I can't play music from my phone and record at the same time. So it has to go through the radio. So I was getting all pissed off. And then I realized I still have my CDs. So I pulled down uh, my JJ Gray CD, one of my favorite CDs. And I went to track eight, played Orange Blossoms. Now we're here. So, suck it, radio. Um, but we're back. A uh, quick little shout out before we get too far into it. One of my favorite fans. No, Dr. K, not you. Uh, has become an aunt. Dr. K, that would be weird if you became an aunt. Allie. From the Valley, Richardson is officially an aunt. Shout out to you. I guess maybe shout out to your brother too. He had a little something to do with that. Um, little throwback story right here. So Allie from the Valley, her dad and my dad played on a softball team together for like 25 years. And then her, her brother and I played on the same softball team and we won a championship and it was awesome straight up 2010 mind you the season in new england is long we start in april we end in i think like late september if you go to the playoffs like it's it's basically a full baseball season which is pretty absurd considering it's like like division eight old man softball and we play like a full like 25 game schedule plus like two I think we played two rounds of playoffs and it's a five game series it's awesome so that season I was still a young pup still trying to find my stroke um showed flashes of being able to hit but just needed to be broken um, so, you know, I was, I was buried in the lineup, threw me in the outfield, uh, had an arm, just absolute liability, could hit some days, other days just popping out, just hadn't found the stroke. Um, Matt the Bat, he was a few years older than me. He was similar situation where, like, he, we were, like, hitting, like, not at the end of the lineup, but we were on, like, kind of, like, the backside of the lineup. And then the second half of the season, he got 
ridiculously hot. Like, I, I've been playing softball now probably almost 15 years. I, I can't remember somebody just getting so freaking hot. So, the last, like, month of the season, he's just smashing the ball. And come playoffs, I think he was hitting, like, four in the lineup. Which, one, it's already kind of hard to get placed at four in the lineup. But especially on this team where you have a group of guys who've been playing for, like, 20 years. And it's definitely, like, earn your stripes. Like, we don't we don't really respect you because you're not over the age of 50. Um, to earn that respect and hit in the four hole was, like, pretty big deal. So... In I think it was like game it was game five of first round of the playoffs and it was it was winner go home and we went into extra innings. We have man on second, Dan McGrath, wicked fast. He's on second, one out, Matt the bat comes to the plate. Allie, I know you remember this. Matt drives the ball to dead center field. The absolute deepest part of the ballpark is actually similarly shaped to Fenway. You know, Fenway has that triangle in dead center, like the 420 mark. Matt basically hit it to the freaking triangle. Just an absolute bomb. The center fielder for the other team was friggin' nasty, I remember. He runs all the way back there, and he, like, catches the ball at the warning track. Dan tags up from second. And scores the winning run. Scores tagging up from second. It was like, play at the plate. Everybody's going friggin' nuts. We go on. We stomp them in the World Series. We become champs. So, I don't know if Matt had a boy or a girl. Either way, if that kid gets into softball, that's the type of, that's that's the legacy you're walking into. I mean, Straight up third generation softball player right there. I mean, I mean, Mr. Richardson, no slouch himself. So, uh, best of luck to the family. Hoping for health, and we're also praying for bat speed because, you know, gotta show up, gotta show up. But anyway, congrats. So, moving on, uh, we had a write in from Schlin. Hi, Schlin. Dear Doctor, do we love dog sweaters? <sighs> I'm very torn on this. This has been wearing at me all week. I mean, you want to talk about stress? Thank God I'm bald or else I'd be getting gray hairs over some of these topics. It's not easy. I think it's easy just sitting here thinking about this stuff. It's not. It's difficult. Stressors. Gut, gut instinct, no. Just gut reaction, no. Don't like it. Like, you're a dog. You don't wear clothes. Just don't wear clothes. I mean, I, I think that's kind of like a perk of, of the job. If I was a dog, I wouldn't want sweaters. I wouldn't want a collar. Like, I'd be straight nude. I'm a nude guy. Um, I don't like wearing socks. I basically strictly wear socks at work. Second I get home, I take my socks off. Um, on the weekend, I just don't put socks on. And I avoid things that require socks. The only time I'll wear socks is, one, if 
I'm not in Huntington Beach, so like if I have to go back to Boston, even then I wear the foot, I wear the, uh, I wear the slippers around the house. I don't like wearing socks. I'll wear them if I have to. Um, or if I'm going like backpacking, okay, I'll throw the socks on. But even then, if it's a casual hike, like a day hike, I'd rather just wear, I'd just rather wear uh, flip flops. Just I'm not, I'm out on socks. So from a dog's perspective, I, I know if I were a dog, I definitely wouldn't wear a sweater. Um, also like I associate dog sweaters with small dogs and small dogs suck. Um, if you have one, turn it in, get a bigger dog. I'm sure they'll give you a deal. Small dogs just kind of suck. Like it is what it is. Um, I like the medium range. I'm a medium range guy. Um, I like big dogs. I just don't know if I could handle a big dog because they're so big. Um, I like the like the 30 to, to 55 pound range. That that would be my my preference. Um, so I feel like sweaters are for small dogs. Cause like you're not putting a sweater on a husky. Um there is one dog near and dear to my heart that wears a sweater. I respect it. Um, she's also wicked fashion queen. So I'd give her the exception. But for the most part, I picture dog sweaters on 10-pound dogs. And 10-pound dogs I associate with, one, not only barking, but high-pitched bark, which is the worst kind of bark. And they're usually on planes. I don't like dogs on planes. Um... If your dog is like quiet, that's fine. Um, if your dog is barking, it should be thrown out of the plane. It should be absolutely unacceptable. Um, I, if if you have a baby on a plane and it's crying, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's really there's really not much you can do. Well, sneaking inside my head, I'm just like, mm, probably shouldn't be flying. Like, should probably just like, you know, stay home for like the next six years. But just me. Um, but babies okay like dogs like dude either throw that shit underneath the plane or have somebody watch your dog like i don't want to hear your dog barking i don't want to hear it whimpering it's just it it's unnecessary so so overall i'm out on dog sweaters um i understand some need them but i just associate them with like tiny 10 pound dogs and i don't like that you just have a cat at that point. That's it. Sorry. Okay. Oh. PSA. I feel like if we had like an actual studio, we could have like a boop, 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 boop. Like for a PSA. Change your toothbrush. That's right. Bet you wouldn't expect to hear that from me. I didn't expect to hear that from me. Uh, read a little article. Apparently, you're supposed to change your toothbrush every three months. Um, I I thought it was once a year, and it's kind of gross. But I was like, oh, like if they say once a year, then like I can probably stretch it out longer. Three every three months, I guess. Um, so at first, when I read the every three months, it's like eh, I, I don't think that's necessary. Like, but. Then I, I read this article and it got into depth about like the bristles breaking down and it loses its effectiveness. Um, and I'm a big maintain your teeth guy. 
once again, surprising. I know. I those of you who know me would, I'm sure, like shocked. Like, you don't seem like a guy who brushes his teeth. I know I don't, because um, I'm not. I'm not a hygiene guy. It's an Achilles heel. My Achilles. Everybody has an Achilles heel. My Achilles heel is I'm gross. Um, and just you know, it is what it is. At this point, it's too late. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, but teeth. Teeth, I'm very conscious of, because uh, somebody had a sign up at a place I worked. It, this was like ten years ago, and it like stuck with me. I don't know the exact verbiage, but it was something like, "Take care of your teeth, because it's the only, it's the only real set you get, no matter how rich you are." It's like you could be a billionaire, but like your teeth don't give a fuck if you brush or not. Like if you don't brush, like they're gonna fall out of your face. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO or you're a line worker. You're, you you got to treat your teeth the same. They don't, your teeth don't care about your status. So I never miss a dentist appointment. I haven't missed a dentist appointment. I think ever I, I go every six months on the dot. I look forward to it and I brush, I brush basically twice a day. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some, I brush every morning. There's some nights I would say maybe, say maybe like twice a month where like I'm just mad tired and I'm afraid brushing my teeth is going to wake me up and I just crawl into bed and I pass out. Not happy about it and I feel terrible the next day. Um, also, I think brushing your teeth is one of the quickest ways to like bounce back from a hangover. Like if you're just feeling like trash and you wake up the next day, or you're just like been on the road and you feel gross and you haven't showered in a couple days, brushing your teeth is a nice little mouth shower. Um, so I'm in on brushing your teeth and now I'm very in on uh, switching out my toothbrush. I even set a three a recurring three month reminder on my calendar to switch out the toothbrush. Um, just a little cost analysis. I mean, I figure... If I can get a new toothbrush, I actually got to figure out the cost of toothbrush heads. So I guess I don't have a cost analysis. We'll use round numbers. Let's say a toothbrush head for an electric toothbrush, MBD, kind of fancy, whatever. Um, also, if you don't have an electric toothbrush, that's a come on, man. That's a come on, man. Um, electric toothbrush, let's say it's $5 each time to replace the head. Um, but it reduces your, I wish I had cam here, it reduces your risk factor of getting a cavity by 50% and a cavity costs $300, then like, I don't know, you're saving like 150 bucks. That's 150 divided by five. That's 30 toothbrush heads. So based off my math, it's worth it. And I will say, when I did replace my toothbrush head, my toothbrush felt like night and day. It felt way different. I didn't even realize how terrible my toothbrush head was until I put the new one on. And, you know, I'm I'm not a man of luxury. At least I don't think I am. You know, I like to go on some trips. I like to do some cool stuff. So I definitely treat myself. But on the day-to-day grind... I'm not a man of luxury. I like to keep it simple. This is something I think is worth treating yourself. 
I think it is worth living that luxury lifestyle of having a fresh toothbrush head every three months. Um, So one might say it's something to chew on. Roll it over in your head. Think about it. That's all. Just just a little whoop, whoop, whoop. PSA. That's the PSA alarm. So do we love changing our toothbrush heads? Uh, Yes, I am all in. All right. Let's see. Oh, do we love the great hack? So this is also a little bit of a, a little bit of a PSA. So the great hack is a documentary on Netflix. I should say I'm only three quarters of the way through. I typically like to watch movies in about 20 minute to half hour intervals if I'm at home. Um, I I don't even think I need to finish it. I kind of got it. Um, I probably will. I'll finish it. But I don't see anything like... There's no like crazy building ending. It's more like an informational documentary. It's not like, did this person like make it to the top of the mountain? It's just like right off the bat, you know what's going on. Um, It is about how Cambridge Analytica, which is a big data company in Britain basically helped swing the election in 2016 for Trump and for Brexit. And it's very informative on how they scrape online profiles, pull pull data from people's Facebook's profile, and then from there, they build ad campaigns around there to re-put back on Facebook to swing your vote. Um... So if you have anything on Facebook that is being ripped off your Facebook, it's being sold, uh, nothing is private no matter how your settings are. Uh, It was a very eye-opening documentary. Shout out Chase um, for recommending it. So if you're interested in that sort of stuff, if you like politics or you like... uh, stuff with like big data, um, regarding ad campaigns, Facebook ads in general, online advertising, uh, it goes a lot into there, um, it is not as dry as I'm describing it, um, I found it pretty interesting, so beware of what you put on Facebook or anything else online. Don't spend too much time on there. Don't look at advertisements. And that's about it. Well, that's, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, good. Everybody else is, uh, I am fired up for the weekend this morning. Wicked, wicked lazy this morning. Uh, went to bed last night. 8.45, standard, Uh, got a casual like nine hours of sleeping, woke up to go surfing, we get to the water at 6 a.m., it's pitch dark, and there are no waves, so instead of surfing, we went to the donut shop, had a donut and a coffee, and just chatted like old men, kind of like some guys I know who go to The View, um... 
So that's what happens when Jordo's not there. Jordo is a ride or die surfer. He was out of town. And when you leave the lazies to rule amongst themselves, that's what happens. Also, we didn't even go to Mr. Ear's donut shop. We went to this trash donut shop. I said going in, the donuts here are gonna suck. We went in, the donuts sucked, the coffee sucked. Um, they didn't accept credit card. You wanna talk about, come on, man. Gotta, gotta accept credit card, charge me more, I don't care. Just accept credit card, like I'm not going to your ATM. Anyway, hope everybody had a great weekend, has a great weekend, and uh, we'll run it back next week. We swam in the lake We watched fireflies by night She was my princess And I was a knight But her daddy didn't like me Blossom.